Hello and welcome on The Barricades. This is a podcast produced by Eastern European journalists and academics, and I am your host, Maria Cernat. The co-host, Bojan Stanislavski, was unable, unfortunately, to join us today, but we have for you a special guest, a feminist from Poland, an academic, and she is willing to tell us more about feminism in Poland and a little bit of history and the current situation. But let's start by introducing her. So, uh, Katarina, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Katarina Sumlievich. Um, please tell us more about yourself and um, your work in feminism in Poland. Um, uh, Thank you for invitation. My my name is Katarzyna Szumlewicz. Your pronunciation is uh, quite good as for foreigners. And um, um, my my life with feminism uh, is... um, mm, I, I, I don't know how, how uh, to say it, but I have been interested in feminism uh, since my college, uh, college or, or uh, earlier. And uh, my uh, first uh, study was philosophy. And so far of my temperament uh, is uh, philosophical. Uh, I am uh, really allergic to nonsense, to logical, uh, to lo- logical absurdity. However, I have a doctorate in pedagogy, uh, and it's what I teach uh, at the university. Uh, I'll, I also do sociology; uh, it's a related field to the previous two. And my fascination is demography, uh, uh, which I never studied, but uh, I'm fascinating in it, and uh, I. Um, good in it because of my uh, logical uh, mind. I'm also interested in literature about which I wrote a book entitled Love and Economy in Women's uh, Literary uh, Biographies. Uh, my previous book, which was my doctorate, was about emancipation through education. And the, the title was Emancipation through Education, uh, Pedagogy, uh, Pedagogy of uh, Liberty, uh, 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 equality, liberty, and happiness. And uh, it was not only about emancipation of women, but uh, of women among uh, among uh, other groups. As you can see, I've been involved in fe- involved in feminism and leftist thinking uh, for all my uh, adult life. Uh, currently, for a couple of years, I've been dealing with the ideas of uh, Marta Nussbaum, uh, who is also a feminist who defends the material interests uh, of women. Uh, I emphasize um, uh, this material aspect because woke philosophy completely ignores it. Uh, I am a feminist in a traditional meaning of this word. It means that I'm defender of the rights uh, of women as a sex, not as an identification. Uh, I think that being a woman is more important than being queer or LGBT, whatever uh, it uh, it means. It is more fundamental and it is uh, material. Okay, so tell us a little bit about uh, feminism in Poland. For instance, in Romania, it all started it in during the... Um, second half of the 19th century when we had a couple of interesting personalities women that wrote books articles we even had a very interesting uh, socialist feminist uh, from the marxian tradition called sofia nadezhde that wrote important articles and books and she also translated a lot of texts her husband was even um, uh, corresponding with uh, Engels at the time, and they were assumed uh, socialists. And um, in Romania, it had a very interesting, um, you know, path feminism, uh, because we had researchers, we had all these women coming together in the late 19th century, early 20th century. But then 
then we even had in the interwar period uh, important writers but unfortunately during the communist um, the communist regime what happened was that indeed in materialistic terms in, in what consists of helping women with the child rearing with the socialization of the child rearing and providing uh, free uh, access to all the facilities, uh, you know, daycare, kindergarten, um, everything was uh, free for women. And we even had a system that was allowing women to uh, let uh, the children stay a few days there if they had something important to do, so even had that. But uh, in terms of recognizing feminism, it was considered bourgeois ideology and it was banned and marginalized. So it was very interesting. And then the, the, same, like, the same situation in Poland, in every socialist world. In my opinion, um, it, it is the same story and the same uh, part of story is um, socialism, the role of socialism in feminism in the 19th uh, century. Um, but Poland uh, is one of the countries that first introduced uh, women's suffrage. Uh, it was uh, 1918 and... Hmm. Um, uh, it was one of uh, of first uh, of uh, really first um, uh, countries, uh, and uh, we have um, a tradition of uh, very ambitious and strong women who carried uh, literally everything uh, on their backs during uprisings in which men uh, took part. With uh, we have tradition of uh, of uh, of uh, strong of strong women and we have the two-time uh, Nobel Prize winner in chemistry Maria Skłodowska Kiri she she came from Poland uh, she lived in France uh, so um, uh, socialism in my opinion uh, has affected the position of women very well but it was not feminism it was socialism uh, uh, which was uh, good uh, for women, but as the ideology, it was uh, um, capitalist ideology. So uh, in Poland, uh, there was no situation uh, like uh, in the United States, uh, states described uh, by Betty Friedan, for example, in her feminine mystic, uh, that women didn't graduate because they were uh, getting married. Uh, in Poland, women were graduating and working, and Polish education was at a high level uh, in the People's Republic of Poland. And this continues. Um, the emancipation of women happened in Poland for me as a, um, a uh, as a Yes, in the field of pedagogy, uh, it happened uh, in Poland uh, through education. Today, more than half of, of Poland's women uh, have higher education, far more than men. Uh, however, between the People's Republic of Poland and the present days and economic transformation occurred, and uh, it was a time of uh, a society becoming poorer. This time, uh, this time brought also um, a huge decline in fertility rates and other problems similar to those in other post-communist uh, countries. You probably uh, know this problem because uh, this decline of fertility was the fact in every post-socialist uh, country. In Poland, however, there was also an anti-feminist backlash in line with uh, the thought of Pope, uh, Pope um, uh, John Paul II. Uh, contraception and abortion are evil, female sexu sexuality is a sin, and so on. We now have a total ban on abortion, and day after contraception is only available by prescription. Uh, as a result, um, 
illegal support networks for women are forming and they are very uh, huge, uh, very strong. And the feminist movement, which I co-founded, uh, fought bravely for the right for abortion. Uh, my mother um, fought for the right uh, for abortion in the first organization dedicated uh, to the uh, reproductive rights of women. Uh, abortion was banned uh, in 1993, and until now, it cannot be uh, legally um, performed. Uh, one of the exceptions was abortion for embryopathological reasons. Uh, now this premise has been abolished. A pregnancy with lethal defects cannot be uh, terminated. As a result, um, there have been uh, huge protests all over uh, the country. Uh, it, the largest in Polish history since the fall uh, of uh, socialism. Uh, you've probably seen pictures of the street of Polish uh, cities filled with hundreds of thousands of people uh, with umbrellas. Umbrellas because the protests fell in rainy uh, weather. Uh, these hundreds of thousands of people took to the street uh, despite uh, the pandemic uh, bans. Uh, and um, what I said uh, was the better part <laughs> of the light part of um, the story. The worst part uh, is that the main organization defending women's rights, uh, reproductive rights, the All Poland Women's Strike, uh, whose chairwoman was Marta Lampard, you probably uh, know this name, this um, organization was accused of uh, a non-inclusive uh, name. What do you mean? Because, and now we are moving to the part where you want to discuss probably a little bit what's going on right now in Poland, because this is so interesting, isn't it? The hatred against women, misogyny, and yeah. all these policies that basically reproduce this kind of hatred manifest themselves regardless of the um, ideology. We had socialism in Romania, but in 1966, unfortunately, Ceausescu decided that he wants a great Romania. This may sound like yeah. another leader that just left the <laughs> Oval Office in 2020. So what he did was a total ban on abortions. Of course, there is a difference. A and yeah. on contraception, and it was worse than Poland because we didn't have the means of communication that we had today. We didn't have the possibility of uh, traveling abroad to get an abortion. We didn't have anything. Romania was like a giant prison, so it was much harsher. In a sense, it was lighter because after four kids, at least he accepted that a woman should have access to abortion. His reasons were pragmatic and not metaphysical like the ones in the Catholic Church. But we had this type of policy that let deep wounds in the Romanian society that are still healing because he basically destroyed women's intimacy with this. Women considered uh, sexuality something very and extremely dangerous. Um, they were afraid all the time about getting pregnant and not be able, you know, to get free access to an abortion if they didn't want the baby. And uh, it was horrendous. A lot of women resorted to back alley abortions that led to more than 10,000 uh, uh, women dying because of complications. And I could tell you horror stories also about women that got infections due to back alley abortions. And then when they went to the hospital, then the secret police would come and started interrogating them and torturing them and saying, you are going to be left to die here if you don't tell us who did this to you. So horrendous situations. I mean, the authoritarianism and misogyny were incredible, even in socialist Romania. And despite the fact that we have to admit, in a lot of areas, women were um, supported and encouraged to... Um, 
I mean, we have one of the highest percentage of engineers, for instance, in Romania, because women were encouraged to enter the labor force. They had a lot of support with child rearing and with the everything related to to being a mother but at the same time you had misogyny and now just like in a mirror you have in Poland a so-called democratic capitalism regime that is doing uh, and manifesting the same type of hatred towards women in the of course I, I I agree but but the situation is better in Poland now because we have um possibilities to uh, to get uh, an abortion. Mm-hmm. It is not so. Um, it is not so difficult um, just now, and um, I know. I, I know the story of uh, of Romania. It it was in the name of demography of uh, of fertility rate, but the good side of this story is that after um, the end of uh, socialism, it was the first law um, exactly. to. Uh, to um, to get be abortion banned. legal, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, and uh, we know our um, our history is the reverse uh, because um, the, it was the one of the um, most uh, important goals of Polish Church uh, to introduce ban on abortion. It was the first uh, and foremost uh, goal, uh, and uh, it was. Uh, there was um, total agreement of every party uh, in Poland uh, that it is needed, mm. uh, despite of uh, of uh, disagreement of uh, of society. Uh, and um, in my story, I um, I have uh, my uh, my mother uh, mother's issue. Uh, she was uh, she was in the first organization. Um, uh, um, Fighting for uh, reproductive rights of women. Uh, um, this the name of this um, the name of this organization uh, is Federation for Women and Plan- Planning Parenthood. And now I uh, I see uh, with the great sadness uh, the decline of this organization because just now it is totally woke. We have uh, we have. Um, uh, how to how to say it? We have uh, ban on abortion. We have hard uh, uh, right uh, ruling um, in the country, and um, the opposition is uh, almost uh, all uh, woke. <laughs> and uh, the story. And I think are- this shouldn't be a problem in itself, but when there is an issue that is targeting so clearly. How do you want to call us? Cervix owners, uh, yeah, yeah. breast yeah, owners, uh, whatever you want to call us, but it is targeting us directly and so clearly. And you come up with this question or questions of inclusivity. It's just insane. I mean, I would understand if it were against women as a gender class, as they name it, but this is against a sex-based class. It is against our bodies. Of course, I I, tot- I, I totally agree. I uh, I see in Poland, but not only in Poland, uh, this 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 problem that ban on abortion in is anti-feminist, is misogynist. It is uh, uh, it is completely obvious, and the uh, opposition who um, doesn't uh, say about women. Uh, women as a, as a sex as a class is um, illogical is um, it is uh, it is absurdity in poland um, the the discourse is uh, people with uteruses and uh, this is uh, this is um, the version of people with vaginas um, uh, in english but uh, uh, what i what i said about this women's strike all all poland women's strike uh, was um, accused of non inclusive name because inclusive mm-hmm. name would be um, the strike uh, of people with uh, uteruses and 
people with uteruses is the equivalent of uh, of uh, people with uh, with vaginas. The, the organ is not as you as you see. Organ is uh, not important. The idea is to exclude women from the uh, women's. Uh, movement for whom uh, it is very um, important uh, question uh, allegations have been coming from trans women that is people who have never been uh, threatened with uh, unwanted uh, pregnancy uh, one of them nina kuta uh, even stated that feminism in poland will be trans inclusive or dead uh, no one seemed to care that it was a threat. Uh, all the feminist organizations began, as in Orwell, uh, to change the whole language. People with something uh, appeared everywhere. The oldest feminist organization, this Federation for um, Rights of Women and uh, Planning Parenthood, um, to which my mother belonged, uh, began to talk about birthing people, pregnant people, and even uh, about the reproductive right, rights of hospitalized people. I <laughs> it is in Polish, osoby um, pacjenckie, persons in hospitals. Uh, not only to use the word uh, women, they began to fight not against women, women's poverty, but against menstrual poverty. Uh, Poverty of menstruating menstruating people, mm -hmm. uh, as if girls as post-menopausal women were not uh, poor. Uh, there are not all linguistic absurdities. Now we have to talk uh, about prostitution as a great job, being a revolt against the conservatism and uh, religion. Uh, uh, sex work uh, is work uh, is the... Um, is popular in all femi NGOs, uh, feminist NGOs um, uh, in uh, uh, in Poland. Opponents of this nonsense, in huge majority, women uh, have been thrown out of women's and leftist organization and are cancelled uh, almost totally from the press. Uh, today, Poland's largest progressive newspaper carries more articles about wonderful trans women and rich, happy prostitutes than about mothers and, uh, and motherhood. Uh, all this while the fertility rate uh, is falling dramatically. This is uh, um, the other situation than uh, in Romania, who has uh, quite good fertility <laughs> rate um, just now. No, well, the idea is, I think, that, well, this may come as a surprise. I think back in the 50s, the um, situation of the family, because I followed one of your discourses in Polish that was translated in English, and I saw the ideas that you put forward about the fascistic pedagogy and how uh, the very authoritarian family creates the basis for a fascist society. Now, the problem is that I think, Katarina, that in the 50s, say, in the 60s, maybe, when the family structure was so rigid, discussing like this, well, sex work is great, is empowering, uh, pornography is great, might have had a progressive element in it, might have had something, you know, yeah. and it was challenging to the status quo. But right now, when you see that the family is an institution dying because especially in the United States you have more children brought up by single parents than in a family. When you see that more than half of marriages end up in a divorce, so people get in and out of marriage as they please and there is no social stigma attached to getting divorced. Of course, there's a lot of trauma suffering because it's not an easy thing to do, let's admit it. But there is not the social stigma that you had in the 50s attached to it. So I think right now all these slogans lost every every inch of progressive element in them. They lost every possibility of being progressive. And instead, 
they are very regressive because the idea would be, as I often say, to make work detached from profit, to build a society where our intellectual, creative, and our work would be detached from this imperative to earn money. So the idea would be to take, you know, also work out of this competitive system of the production of profit, that is capitalism, not introduce the intimate life and sexuality in it. That is very regressive, in, in my opinion. It is regressive and it is anti-feminism, uh, in, uh, in my opinion, because it, prostitution is, is one of uh, the most anti-feminist uh, things um, uh, in, the, in the world. Uh, I agree with you that in 19th century, uh, prostitution was a kind of revolt uh, um, against conservative uh, family, uh, but uh, uh, just just now um, it is how to how to say it. Uh, we have um, feminism. Traditional feminism uh, has uh, an idea. Uh, women have to uh, educate. Women have to rule. Women have to be. Um, mm, uh, to be, uh, for example, PM leaders, yeah, and uh, um, it, it is about development, uh, about the development uh, of uh, women. Uh, I like uh, I like the theory of uh, Martha Nussbaum, and she says that uh, there are ten. Uh, capabilities, uh, major capabilities, and uh, women, um, uh, women can um, develop these uh, these uh, capabilities. And in just world, uh, it uh, it would be uh, possible. These capabilities are not uh, only life and health, but also fun also knowledge uh, also reason and uh, and uh, and so on and in in this um, in this situation the um, scenario is written for women not about uh, development not about uh, education not about uh, emancipation but about being uh, for male fantasies for male fun and uh, not for the, themselves i like kantism and this kantian uh, um idea that everybody is um, an end in itself and not a means yes the the goal uh, the end uh, in uh, in uh, in herself as uh, as nussbaum um uh, says and um, in this uh, in this situation, promotion of prostitution is a kind of uh, revolt against uh, normativity. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the question is if we need such a revolt today, uh, if. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, because capital, capitalism destroyed uh, this normativity 50 years ago or 100 years ago. And um, now what we need uh, um, are possibilities to develop our, our potential. It is also a Marxist idea not to uh, destroy um, the system who, uh, which doesn't exist. And, yes, uh, exactly. And, so uh, I would say they are fighting today conservatives that, you know, I think, as I told you, that today such a revolt doesn't have a progressive element in it. And it's pretty much related to capitalism in the sense that they equate being paid with consenting, yeah. as if if you accept money, this is it, you consented to it even though you may be harshly and severely pressed to do that type of thing because otherwise you won't be able to survive. They equate success with money. If you have money and you are rich, you are successful. Therefore, you have prostitutes that are successful in this way. Nothing else matters, as you say, 
we don't have the ideal of self-development, of knowing more and developing our abilities to learn, to help others, to become more socially aware. No, if I flaunt my Mercedes and my jewelry, this means that I am successful, you know, and I am the ideal of uh, progressives. Uh, and I am the ideal of people who call themselves leftists. How is this a leftist, you know, ideal being rich? You know, it's so stupid when you think about it. Uh, we we call it in Poland in our circles um, uh, patho pathofeminism, patho from pa pathological. <laughs> But it is part of feminism. Part of feminism is for clients for, uh, of prostitution, uh, prostitutes, for example. And yeah. um, it, it is uh, uh, this these two uh, two ways: um, trans women or women um, sex work is work are the uh, are the um, area of uh, leftist uh, leftist thinking in uh, Poland and. Um, uh, it uh, um, the consequence uh, of this uh, discourse uh, was that women's strike and feminism as such lost popularity uh, after uh, after that uh, at this point uh, the abortion issue is politically unwinnable or very difficult to win uh, however we have new a new case Trans women want self-ID. Trans women are women. Trans women are important in inclusive uh, uh, feminism. Uh, Self-ID is the most important demand of Polish feminism. Uh, Self-ID and the promotion of prostitution, of course. Not stigmatizing uh, um, prostitution. Uh, without exaggerating, it can be said that journalists and NGOs are now simply corrupted with money uh, from US and uh, other countries. Real feminists are now called TERF and SWERF. Uh, they have no money and no, spa no space to speak out. They, they form opposition um, networks. I am part of this uh, opposition networks. Um, they are my colleagues who are very brave, very uh, intelligent uh, women. Uh, we are su supported also by men. And, uh, but we aren't very strong. We are, there is, for example, our, uh, our, Power is uh, intelligence. Our uh, analyses are um, interesting uh, for people, but we have uh, no money and no place uh, because mm -hmm. uh, it is impossible to say uh, something uh, uh, critical, gender critical, uh, or prostitution critical um, uh, in the press. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I always thought, sincerely, I always thought uh, that uh, I would be on the left uh, for all of my uh, life. My parents were both uh, leftists. My brother is a trade unionist. Uh, and currently, I can't look at what has happened in Poland uh, uh, to the Polish, uh, to the Polish uh, left. The process of demoralization uh, is suitable for description in textbooks. Um, the left in Poland doesn't deal with economics. Uh, it doesn't deal with uh, workers. Uh, it doesn't deal with uh, the rights uh, of women. Trans women, the sex business, and drug legalization uh, are important because all these things are anti-conservatism <laughs> and uh, anti-normative. Uh, uh, and... Um, they want this leftist, uh, this leftist people, leftist parties, want to destroy the family along the way. The family, which uh, is destroyed, <laughs> just, uh, just already by the neoliberals and by <laughs> yes. capitalism. So. <laughs> yes, and uh, as uh, as I have said, um, the fertility rate uh, one comma four uh, is uh, probably still. Too high. We we must to to destroy family and uh, to to say women they 
shouldn't give birth to children, they should change their, their sex or engage uh, in, uh, in prostitution and, or do something uh, different but non-normative. Uh, the, the, the women's movement uh, is there to fight for LGBT rights, animal rights, saving the climate, decli the decline of religion, and uh, and so uh, so on. No, not for uh, for uh, women um, rights. That, that, I completely understand, and this is a form I would say. Leftists let themselves be defined by this, and I say it has almost nothing to do with a true leftist ideology. I would say this is the final stage of liberal narcissism and the form of bio-libertarianism yeah. where I have my body and I wear it as a costume and I will make it, you know, fit whatever stereotypes I may engage in because the 50s are back and now we have boys and girls and I am... I am transing into what? Into a stereotype, yeah. isn't it? So I need the stereotype. I don't need a society where gender stereotypes are gone. I need a society where those stereotypes are still in place because if they are not, what am I transitioning myself into? I don't have the stereotypical, you know, image of a man. So this, is, this is so bizarre. Now, this is not to say that... People who want to live their lives differently are not welcomed or sh they should not enjoy human rights or they should be banned or something like this, like some uh, conservatives might say. But this is not the case. This is not what we are advocating for. But you know what I would like? I would like an honest debate and for them to be willing to negotiate some things and not to go to the extreme. Because when you go to the extreme... Can you say that trans women that were male-bodied persons that even committed rapes should be incarcerated alongside with women? I find it to be extreme. And I will be willing to accept a debate around it, at least debate it. Do not call me names without having even had without discussing it first, without even allowing me to ask some questions about it. This is the bizarre thing. First of all, it I think it has nothing to do with the left, if you think about it. Is this a ultimate form of bio-libertarianism? This is my, uh, you know, label. And the second thing, even if you go to the extreme, at least explain and put forward some arguments for these very counterintuitive uh, regulations and laws that you want to be put in place. Yes, of course, but the, there are there are two things in this. Uh, in uh, there are two two important uh, points in uh, in this discussion. Um, first, it is uh, you know children needs parents. Children needs uh, their intervention. Uh, children need uh, need uh, uh, to say no them to be told uh, yes uh, and, there uh, are boundaries uh, uh, boundaries yes and uh, in this discourse uh, for example we can, we have um, such a book uh, which is uh, in every uh, re re the reviews of uh, of it uh, are uh, in every uh, in every news liberal newspaper uh, the the title of this uh, of this is um, Call me it or tell about me it. It is nonsensical. Nonsensical. It is ono. Ono is synonym of day in in English. It is a neutral form. And all in all newspapers, there were enthusiastic reviews of this nonsensical pedagogical manifesto. Completely nonsensical. When your uh, child um, uh, is um, wants to be called "it," you must uh, tell uh, to him "it." And um, on the <laughs> contrary, uh, the parenting book of my colleague uh, about uh, teenage girls. Uh, 
has no review uh, in uh, in this press because there is one little chapter about what uh, what to do when your daughter is uh, saying that uh, she is non-binary or trans and uh, in this um, in this book it is not written uh, don't um, encourage her or ban uh, her. yes uh, but but it is uh, but um, it is said uh, that uh, it can be uh, um, uh, it can be other problems other problems with for example uh, asperger or uh, or borderline or something like that nothing against uh, non binary or uh, or trans people be, but uh, but trans women uh, were uh, didn't agree with this book so this book uh, is uh, can can't be uh, can't have uh, reviews um, uh, in the press and we have uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot uh, of uh, such uh, such stories because uh, for example um, it was uh, there is uh, such a book of uh, Abigail uh, it is titled uh, titled in irreversible damage, mm -hmm. and it's, um, uh, it is about uh, the teenager uh, girls uh, who uh, want uh, to have um, transition, and uh, um, this is um, a re reprinting of a review, not enthusiastic review of this book. Uh, irreversible damage was was met with uh, huge protests from every progressive uh, uh, organization in Poland. Every left feminist and uh, and LGBT um, organization. Uh, I can't get all out of my surprise because share books. Uh, was all about feminism. Uh, Shier defends uh, teenage uh, girls, uh, often homosexual or with uh, mental um, disorders. Uh, and uh, in Poland, any adult resistance uh, to irreversible changes in uh, bodies of, uh, uh, of teenage um, T t teenagers, uh, especially uh, girls, uh, is immediately classified as transphobic. This can't be uh, dis discussed. There is ban a ban on discussion. You can't defend uh, teenage uh, girls. And uh, what about um, law? Um, uh, the le legal status uh, of um, transsexual or transgender people uh, is um, uh, such that in Poland since um, the 1960s one can make a transition from men to woman or from woman to man. This person has to function two years or other time in the role of the preferred gender. One also has to sue one's parents uh, to for wrong uh, gender uh, assignment uh, at birth. Uh, this is lawsuit like for alimony after um, divorce, uh, perhaps uh, unnecessary and uh, uh, not uh, very nice, but nothing uh, terrible. Transactivism wants the gender change in the documents to be on request and in immediate, as in uh, as in. Uh, uh, every country, especially we see, we see in uh, we see it uh, in Great uh, Britain, um, and uh, the, the the most important problem is it is on, not only for adults, also for uh, children. The issue is particularly sensitive when it comes to um, the medical uh, transition of uh, girls. Uh, as uh, in entire uh, world, um, we have a rush of transgender declarations uh, in uh, teenage uh, girls. And as I said, there are no texts in the press um, critically, uh, 
critically analyzing this uh, this phenomenon. You can yes. be silent or you can be enthusiastic. Okay, uh, so th this is the only the only way. Well, this is very interesting. This is far more developed than Romania. In Romania, there isn't such a debate and to go to the law and something like this. This is only at the beginning. And I think we can learn from you. And I think this is only the beginning of our conversations on the topic because I think it's very important. And while I do agree that a law uh, requiring you to sue your, per your parents is harsh and unnecessary, a law that will require you to live for a certain amount of time as a preferred gender and then go to a doctor, get a certificate. I think that is perfectly okay and reasonably mm -hmm. Okay, uh, but unfortunately, again, from what I uh, heard from you, they go directly to the extreme without any discussion about the risks, about the possible implications, about certain about questions, children. people that are that could be well intended, might ask, you know, because this type of law might, might backfire at some point against the very ones that are advocating for it. This type of jingoism and tribalism and fanaticism, it's, it's the root, because you may believe whatever you want, but the way you promote it is the problem. You promote it as the only uh, solution, you promote it as the ultimate truth, as the absolute truth. And this is problematic, I would say. It is problematic. <laughs> and I am being polite here. <laughs> it is derived from uh, postmodernism, uh, the construction. And in the construction, the, there is no such a word, uh, such a term as truth and woke is um, philosophically uh, postmodernistic, but the truth is added. The truth, and this truth is not uh, liberal truth. You can discuss about it, you, you have debate, but it is truth as in um, religion. Religion, yes, uh, are, as in scholastic. Um, you, you are probably familiar with uh, such illustration of Francisco Goya, when reason sleeps, demons uh, uh, awaken. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, uh, I think the demons of irrationality have awakened in, uh, in woke and not on the right, where there have always been plenty of them, but uh, on the left side. Uh, I am seriously uh, convinced that this this philosophical philosophical failure of um, world left this uh, this this moment will be described in textbooks as a kind of I don't know not funny comedy uh, sometimes <laughs> so no, sometimes uh, sometimes uh, fun days of visibility for example days of visibility of, of asexual people do you know that. There's a oh, week, week of visibility of asexual people we, we, mm, with Boyan in our podcast about irrationality. Uh, we, uh, we are laughing about uh, how to, um, uh, how to uh, show visibility of something that doesn't we, exist. What doesn't exist because <laughs> a sexual person has no sex. And uh, I have to say, I have to say that I think, Katarzyna, that there is a problem here in the sense that the wokeness that we see is a caricaturized version of Derrida, Foucault, and the others. I'm not defending them, <laughs> but too. I think when you take those people and you take those ideas that were supposed to be critical and you transform the critical into a dogma and then you mix it with social media and the stupidity that is uttered there, then you have a toxic mix that is unbelievable. And I want you to think for, for the next time to answer to the, the following question that is bothering me for quite some years now. You see, Katarzyna, you don't see those people and those debates happening in France. This is not where they originated from, isn't it? It is not no. in the countries of the forefathers of deconstructive thinking 
that these events happened. And this is why I suggest that something else happened to those ideas. When they touched American soil, they yes, were transformed yes, I, yes, I agree. into something very toxic. And, uh, you know, the criticism was transformed into a dogma. The critical thinking and deconstruction was transformed into some sort of religion and everything was derailed in a sense that I'm not defending to tell you that, but I studied deconstructive thinking and I don't think a person like Derrida, I think they would be shocked <laughs> to see this type of interpretation of their work. Of because course, uh, it, uh, Derrida isn't... Um wasn't um, completely guilty <laughs> for that. It is interpretation. What uh, what I'm talking about uh, can be called uh, the colonization of uh, of discourse, or one can also use a term of uh, Antonio Gramsci, hege hegemony, cultural mm -hmm. hegemony, and um, this illogical nonsense uh, um, uh, is um, now is he hegemonical. Uh, it it is not um, uh, it it was not uh, a goal of Derrida or uh, even Foucault. Uh, it is um, new kind uh, new kind of thinking. It is for me as a philosopher. It is uh, the 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 most um, I, I I can't. I, I don't know what what, uh, what word to use. Uh, uh, it is cringe, very the most cringe thing in that is the deconstruction and the truth. <laughs> the construction yes, and dogmatism. The idea that you yeah. have to be always doubting, always searching for yes. other questions, always, you know, being in an exercise, a perpetual exercise of self-doubt, doubting the other. And then on the other hand, you have this dogma. No, this is the truth. It doesn't work you know, like that. I mean, yeah, this is why I said that when these ideas touched the American soil, something very interesting happened to them, but not in a good way. So we've been talking for almost an hour, and I hope this is only the beginning of our discussions because I think it's very important to have our own voice in terms of what's happening in Eastern Europe and in poor countries such as our, our own Romania and Poland to have this type of ideology being, you know, mimicked, I think is quite, uh, it ha may have a very negative impact. And this is why I think this has to continue, this type of conversation to have our own voice and to push back against an uncritical acceptance of those ideas that do not originate in our countries and our societies and to have our own brand of feminism and critical thinking. Thank you so much for, for joining. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So to the viewers, if you like what you saw, you know, we rely on your help. We have a small community of donors to whom we are extremely thankful. If you want to donate, please go to our page, patreon.com slash the barricade and make a monthly subscription if you feel you can afford it, of course. And if not, please share our content, uh, give us your comments. We are very grateful for the ones that give us comments, incentives, ideas. Thanks a lot and see you all next week.